Hello, welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. Welcome to my fellow curious beings of Earth. So, today's episode is another interview-based episode. I bring on Mike Brancatelli of the Mikeadelic Podcast. He hosts a show about with a mission to create a space for inspiring and unconventional conversations that kind of provoke this interesting, unique explorations of deep thoughts, deep questions, and those big ideas out there. Uh, so yeah, you might be able to tell from that little description there that we have a lot of overlap in what we're trying to do with our shows. Uh, so yeah, we have fun conversation covering many topics from uh, meaning, purpose, uh, people asking their why questions of why are they here, uh, the vast landscape of what we can know and and the vaster, vaster landscape of what is unknowable and kind of grappling with that question and connecting that with spirituality, uh, psychedelics, and just kind of just the state of existence. So we get we get pretty deep in this one, and I really enjoyed the conversation. So I hope you enjoy, and I want you to tune in, and thank you for tuning in. And before we begin, though, as always, check out the Patreon page for the bonus episode feed. It helps support the show. It helps me be able to spend more time on this uh, also helps me be more consistent with the scheduling as well because I can prioritize it more. So check out that bonus feed. You get the bonus episodes and you also, you know, help out the show. You can also leave a rating on iTunes and also just share with your peeps. That helps as well. But as always, thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support and how the show has grown. Let's get into it and enter the labyrinth. <laughs> That's kind of why I wanted to have you on because you kind of seem like we have. I feel like we almost have a similar path to uh, some of the stuff that we've realized. So that's why I wanted to have you on and talk with you. So nice. Um, the yeah, path I guess to realizations, my favorite topic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe that's like where we'll start. We'll get into that stuff. Uh, like kind of how, cause, so I guess here I'll add a clarifier to the question. I know you used to be on like the Dave Smith show and I used to listen to him, but then uh-huh. he kind of, some of the realizations, I, I realized he's not really my cup of tea anymore. Um, so yeah, kind of let's, let's maybe we start there and, and you can kind of get into your past so people can kind of know some of the foundation for you and then we can get into some other cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. So you used to, you used to listen to part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I used to be way more into the political side of things, and now I've gotten more into like the philosophy, spirituality, meaning, and shit like that. Uh, so yeah, but I, I'm still interested in the politics stuff. So if we want to get into that, my audience has been kind of demanding that for me too, with somewhat. But we'll see where it goes. Yeah, my my interest definitely lies in exploring individuals in relation to the collective in terms of society and culture and, you know, trends through history and civilization and complexity and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so I, I never really liked politics, you know, I think Mm -hmm. politics is, whereas I think Dave, Dave kind of geeks out on, on politics. I get kind of bored of it, you know, as uh, the Republican party, the Democrat party, this policy, (laughs) that policy, it's just, it just bores me. I mean, you know, some people are, are interested in it. I'm more interested in, in ideologies and, you know, why, why people believe what they believe and why we think what we think is true and, you know, how we 
feel and relate and act and react to uh our environment and like you know mm-hmm. uh i mean i i just like politics as like as as kind of a charade as a show you know it's just like a bunch of people that are using uh, the government to try and advance ideas and agendas right. they have. And because the government is situated in the way that it, it is, you know, predicated on force and coercion that it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, if we could just get this group to say that this is cool, then we can just push this thing through and it doesn't really benefit anybody. It doesn't really change anything. So yeah, I was, I was on that show for a while and, and I was like really interested in libertarian philosophy and at the same time i was also exploring with psychedelics and listening to a lot of alan watts terence mckenna joseph campbell um who else uh uh, did i say terence mckenna yeah terence mckenna um graham hancock just like i don't know different different kinds of thinkers rupert sheldrake getting into uh robert anton wilson carl jung sigmund freud just different thinkers and and you know, that I feel like I, f- I felt kind of just confined a little bit to, I don't know, a camp, you know, mm-hmm. it's like once you, fi- once you find that you found the others and you're like, oh, cool. Like these people think like I think it's really easy to just fall into groupthink and not have to swim in the sea of agnostic curiosity and, and explore right. everything. So yeah, I just kind of got bored of it. I got a little sick of it and I wanted to just look at everything. Like, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in everything really. And I want to mm-hmm. see how it all, how it all connects. How, how does the uh, philosophical, the spiritual, the, the conscious, the psychedelic connect to the political, the societal, the cultural, the media, you know, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not like an expert or genius or anything. I'm just interested in that stuff. Yeah. And that's the same. <laughs> I love that you said all that stuff because that's like very similar to what happened to me is like, you know, I, I got into the whole political, I and, I and I also agree, like I hate the game of politics, but I was really fascinated by various ideologies and beliefs and economic systems and all this stuff of like how this works, how this influences like how humans operate within the system and, and what they desire and all, all that type of stuff. But like I had the realization of really what I was interested in is what's happening underneath all of that, what's happening under you know, the foundational level, it's gets back to like what their beliefs are around that stuff and why they have them. So yeah, like I was in to the political side of things, but I really got bogged down by just the pettiness that political systems create. So I was interested in that stuff. And that's how I originally got interested in philosophy and all this stuff. But I realized is like, you get sucked in to what kind of you said, you get sucked into these groups and these groupings. And then all of a sudden you start identifying with that group. And when you start identifying with that group, you start trying to, trying to be right. And, and, and instead of going down the path of truth, you go down the path of, Oh, how, how, what, what, what way can I word this? So I can come across as right. So you come across as like very, almost like dogmatic. You just become really dogmatic. So although you started supposedly on this like pursuit of truth or pursuit of like understanding it becomes something else when you start identifying with those beliefs too much and when i had that realization through some use of psychedelics as well which is why i wanted to talk to you because i knew you went down kind of the, the libertarian path and i went down the libertarian path as well so that's why i was like really curious of kind of your path uh yeah it was like this similar situation where i was like i'm just i don't know what's going on i don't know 
anything really. And I'm not an expert. Tell, tell my audience that all the time. And, and those realizations led me to the fact that I don't want to follow something or a leader, a group, an ideology, because it just makes you dogmatically follow something instead of just remaining curious. Cause all you just want to do is justify those beliefs. And I mean, maybe that's something we could get into is, is why humans, as humans, why we do that? Like, why do we feel the need, especially it happens in politics, which is why the political landscape is interesting, feel the need to create all these justifications to identify with like a certain group? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it's. I think it's hard to say, I don't know. I think it's hard to say, uh, I'm pretty sure about this. I'm pretty sure about that, but I'm not totally certain. Right. You know, um, I, I guess I'm working on writing something. I, I don't really write, but I, I wrote something on Facebook like a couple months ago that got like a lot of shares and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll write something else. And I feel that, that it's helping clarify my thinking like when I do a podcast or something too. So, you know, it's about uh, totalizing people's individual unique experiences. And then you know, it becomes easier to, I think, I think we understand the world in stories. We understand mm-hmm. the world in a narrative form. You know, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. And of course, everybody always wants to feel like they're on the moral good side of things, that they're doing good, that they're a good person. You know, I I, I think it's pretty rare that people are just basking in a sea of of you know, evil where they're just like, I'm evil right. and I love it. You know? Uh, although maybe that is the case for some. So I think that it's just, it's, it's pretty easy and it's pretty appealing to just want to fall into a team. You know, I think biologically speaking, the way that we have evolved through from hunter gatherer tribes, it's like, well, you kind of, you stay with your tribe and you're, you're with that tribe. And if another tribe kind of approaches or someone else, you're kind of weary of them. You know, when you're out hunting and stuff, you're, you know, we're programmed to see patterns and and respond to threats and danger. So I think that uh, there's, you know, forces as we spoke of with like agendas that want to shape the world in a particular way. will know that and they prey upon people's you know, inherent fears and, and, and worry and anxiety to, to force people into groups to limit critical thinking. And then it's easy to kind of, you know, dismiss or, or even like dehumanize or other somebody. Well, that that's them over there. They're these backwards people. Right. right. Um, so I, I just, I think it's, uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely missing a lot of, a lot of the points here, but I think that it's like, my my opinion is that it's uh it's it's easy to understand the world in term in terms of a narrative in terms of a story in terms of good and bad it's more it's harder it's more challenging to inspect the nuance and to have healthy discourse and debate especially when emotions are high right. and uh and you you if you if there's other people that feel that the way that you feel, you feel comfortable being safe within that group. Like you have some kind of foundational footing to stand on rather than being, uh, again, like in tribal societies, if you maybe thought differently than the tribe, you know, worst case scenario, maybe would be, you'd be cast out, which meant certain death to wander the forest alone by yourself, you know? Uh, so it's, there's a benefit, a survival benefit to being with a group and to thinking like with a group. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of have a, a tendency to think that's it. And, 
yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the point of, because I think something else that happens is, and maybe this is, it's like something that happens on a, a societal level of creating this playing field st- that kind of latches onto those kind of human instincts of, I don't know, survival, I guess you could say, where you latch onto like a group. And for example, you know, the social media, social media age where you have, and it definitely happens in politics where you have the talking heads, you know, the right has people like Sean Hannity, the left has, I don't even, I can't even think of a name, but like they have their versions of whatever. So <laughs> they have these like two sides of these talking heads. And, and I've talked about this on my episodes in the past. So I, I kind of just want like your thoughts on it is, where you get this audience around you, around you, you find like this sort of tribe around you, around an idea that you started talking about, say it's conservatism. So then you start gathering that audience that wants to listen to you talk about your tribe's ideas. Yeah. So then those people look to those people for answers and and truth and in knowledge about you know what's going on in the political landscape what what opinion should i have about this stuff they start looking uh, to those yeah. leaders and those leaders you know it starts off in my opinion as they're gonna they're trying to pursue truth but once they get that audience it's no longer about truth it's about maintaining the tribe they've created and there's like a whole list of things that influence why that happens, that whether it's just the clout factor, it feels good to have people following you. So you want to continue to have those people follow you. So you got to feed them what they want. It's also financial incentives. So it stops these leaders become people that you can't really, really rely on for unbiased and not saying like nobody's unbiased, but they're more biased. They have a reason to be biased. It becomes at that point because they have all these incentive structures within that. So mm-hmm, it's like they just mm-hmm. start, they start feeding their base and these, that base is still looking for them as, Oh, what should my opinions be? But really they're going to get a one size fits all answer that fits their tribe. And that's it. It doesn't go beyond that. So I, yeah. I, wonder, I guess, do you think that's an issue? And I, Oh yeah. <laughs> big question yeah, definitely. is how do you fix that? <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. You know, I think that it's like, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that are just, you know, whether it's on, cause I used to talk about the mainstream media, you know, like you mentioned Sean Hannity and stuff, but you know, you see it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everywhere you go. It's like, you know, people like to sit around and go and look at things and go, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what it is right there. And, yeah. you know, you call it confirmation bias or, or whatever, like, you know, people like, uh, I forget who wrote a book about, uh, there's a lot of books about this, but one that I read a, a while ago, I think his name was Robin Carr, hard to forget, but he was talking about, uh, you know, why Democrats and Republicans believe the things that they believe. And, you know, it's like, we oftentimes as human beings just emotionally feel something and then we just use whatever is in, you know, whatever we feel appeals to that emotion to justify it, it mm-hmm. as being uh, correct or objective or truthful or non-bias or whatever. I mean, how, how is it possible that so many people are have with strong convictions are saying things that they believe to be true? Like what, what like, it's just like, are, like, is everybody, is everybody partially right and partially wrong? Or is there a definitive group of right and wrong? I mean, I, you know, so it, it's like, looking at that nuance, but yeah, definitely the media, the nature of the media, the, the medium itself actually, 
uh, yeah, creates these kinds of like rah, rah, shishkumba, like, you know, cheerleader <laughs> yeah. groups of people that are like, yeah, that's my guy, Hannity. He, he tells it like it is. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, even like what's going on right now with the riots, the protests, the racism stuff, the police, all that stuff that's coming up. You know, I go on social media and I see a lot of people posting stuff and I wonder like how many people are actually, how many people have actually thought about this critically, looked at all sides of the idea, came up with their own thoughts and their own opinions or, you know, how many people are just parroting and, and reposting and, and just saying things because right. it feels and sounds good and, it, and it's like somebody from their team did it. And so it's like, I don't know, like I think this is just the nature of human beings. Yeah, and that's. I liked your point where it's like, my big thing is that realization when, and to bring it a little bit back, because politics is just such an easy example and even political ideologies because that's, at least everyone seems to want to have an opinion about that. So I like yeah. to bring it to that and the beliefs people have around that. And the big realization I had was sure you you and I I did this too you know I I had my favorite lead, I told you I I used to listen to part of the problem I used to listen yeah. to all these kind of like liberty political figures and all that and it got to the point where even in conversations with people I was friends with that were in in the movement right I start I would start talking to them and we'd have a conversation about t- a topic whatever it is taxes drug reform criminal justice reform police brutality whatever all those issues. And you just start talking and then you start knowing exactly what they're about to say back to you. And that was like a big realization for me. I was like, okay, there is more to this. I can't be just talking to people that I'm about to get the exact answer I'm expecting. And it's just basically like, it's basically like a circle jerk of, of what, what beliefs we're supposed to have. And that realization hit me is like, okay, so I do this in politics. What other areas of life am I just making all these assumptions that I have the right answer and this is the right answer and I'm going to prove it to everyone that I am right. And, it, and it's, it's maybe this is a Western society thing to go a little bit more abstract where everything becomes some sort of debate instead mm. of some sort of conversation about what the hell is going on. And that, that was what really hit me is is... I like the point you made where is it is it that one group is correct and the other group is wrong or is each group a little bit right and a little bit wrong? Mm. And when I had the realization that I'm willing to bet the time, I always say like time marbles. I have a limited amount of time on this earth. I have a limited amount of time to put put knowledge and effort into something and understanding into something. If I'm willing to bet between is one group correct and the other group is wrong or is everyone just kind of right and kind of wrong i'm betting everyone is basically just kind of right and kind of wrong and that realization is like okay once you if we can if we can get people in my opinion to (laughs) be start at that playing field a little bit more what could open up for people instead of it being about I want to fight against your tribe and it's my tribe and because you're evil and I'm good and I need to fight evil. Or is it like, okay, if everyone's kind of right and kind of wrong, is that idea that that group is evil? Is that just a creation in your head that you made up to make you feel better about what the hell you're doing and a justification for the asshole things you justify to fight that tribe? So mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. 
What are your thoughts yeah. on some of that stuff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like you know, it's so crazy that we that we think that we have to conform to, um, you know, this one way of doing things. Yeah. You know, or or like three, especially like just thinking about America, three hundred and fifty million people have to agree on on one way of doing things. So three hundred fifty million people only get a choice between, you know, and you get like a real choice between two people like it's it's absurd you know i think that uh we we don't do this in our lives outside of the political system outside of the Mm -hmm. government it's like you know if there's people yeah if there's people that you don't agree with you just don't hang out with them or like Mm -hmm. you know i mean (laughs) i mean like you know maybe you entertain like a a discussion with them or something like that but you're like yeah i don't really care for that kind of person or whatever it's like your personal preference like you know so i think that yeah there's there's um yeah, I think that one of the things that I really like about um, the time that I spent in Peru working with ayahuasca and living with the Shipibo people was um, that we would have we would have these like sharing circles and talk about our experiences and you know, everybody got to to like share their experience and just the like from reading about sort of indigenous tribes and stuff it's seems to be that there's a lot more listening that takes place and mm. there's also a lot more uh, communal ritual ceremonial activities that are baked in uh, that, that that wipe the slate clean that give like that defrag the human meat computer so that we can kind of get some clarity and you know re reorganize I think that mm-hmm. that that's definitely a thing that's that's missing is like the um, you know the the ability for people to uh, have altered states uh, experiences and in a ritualistic communal a ceremonial way and for people to you know maybe just say like hey i don't know and i'm willing to like sit down and listen to you even if i disagree with what you're saying rather than getting emotional about it and shouting you down i'll listen to what you have to say i'll really try and hear your human experience and because there's something there's something there there's something to be found there but like we don't have the time for that you know like even mm-hmm. even this this <laughs> podcast like i'm sure this podcast like if like all of a sudden like i was just like you know, making some kind of point and like, this is the way it is. And, you know, it's like that, that would seem to be get more of a more play, you know, maybe that could be like clipped out and be like, you know, Mike Bragatelli thinks what he thinks about <laughs> racism in our world. And yeah. it's like, I'll tell you what I think. This is what I think. And people are like, yeah, yeah. But it's like not as sexy, I guess, to, to just sit around and be like, Hey, That's I don't true. know. I'm willing, I'm willing to listen to you guys. And uh, you know, maybe if you want to, if we all get together and, take some mushrooms and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll think about something. What did you see? What did you experience? You know? Right. So I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would be a hell of a thing. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I like, I like that way. I, you know, in my path and my journey, like sometimes I feel like when I was a liber when I was like more of a hardcore libertarian, I was exper- experimenting with psychedelics. I wasn't necessarily in the psychedelic community. And then when I went in this, into more of like psychedelically focused uh, groups and things like that, I felt like I wasn't really fitting in so much because of my, you know, what I, what, how I was thinking and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that it's like whenever, whenever we, we come in with these like, hard set beliefs about what we think is is right we're already losing you know because we're not really listening to the other person you know even if even if it's like oh i've heard this you know a thousand times before it's like well where did that come from why do you believe that like tell me something about you personally 
you know, like let's, mm-hmm. let's get, let's get down to the personal level and see, and see what happens there. So yeah, I kind of think that, uh, you know, I watched this documentary recently about this guy, Daryl Davis, who befriended KKK members, black guy that befriended KKK members. He I befriended video them. clips. Yeah. I've seen yeah. video clips of that stuff. I mean, it's insane when you think about it, you know, yeah. and, and he even gets criticism from, uh, the some people in the black community and in, in the documentary they showed some black lives matter activists like you know telling him that he you know he's part of the problem and shouting him down and stuff and uh but it, they he, what happened was like 200 of them wound up turning in their robes and like denouncing the their membership and his point was like he just he just he's like ha, his question was how can you hate me if you don't even know who i am and so a lot of the times, but we're not, a lot of the times when we get into these big discourses with parties and groups and stuff, we're not really trying to find out like who people are and why they think the way they think. So anyway, long, long point short is that I just think we have too big of, it's just too, too much. There's too many people chiming in. There's too many people wanting to shout down. There's too many people trying to win, trying to make points. And it's just uh, too large of a population to, to, to put into one um under one like grouping you know yeah i feel that 100 percent, and yeah and and this is something that i do feel like not promoting everyone do psychedelics obviously but it is where you get into i would i would not even say like the the medicine itself just the space when you enter that you like kind of realize that it creates almost this this clearing, this clearing of of your belief structures, mm-hmm. and it makes you analyze and zaps you out of the loop, whatever you're in, whether you're into like politics or whether you're in, you're trying to be an entrepreneur, trying whatever it is, going to med school. It can be anything. It zaps you out and it makes you analyze. Okay, why why the fuck am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. What's the purpose of this? Why? How does this? Why do I feel? the need to do this. And it comes down to, it helps you, I think, evaluate those belief structures, those meaning structures, and those that feeling of purpose. And, and sometimes people come out and be like, yep, I'm on the right path. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. That's great. And it mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. makes people analyze some of the bullshit they taken from society and kind of accept those kind of realizations. So I guess let's turn this like into a, a question yeah. is when you, uh, well, one question, how long, how long did you go down to Peru for? Uh, I was there for three, like three months. And then I went back for oh, wow. three months. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess to kind of maybe get into this stuff, what's the biggest realization you had that kind of zapped you out of something? Or it can be a general realization that that life is an endless life can be an endless quest of uh, you know joy, happiness, peace, pleasure, you know challenges that that uh, you decide to either take on or ignore. Usually, you know, I I think that the the biggest thing that I, I think I realize is that. That whenever, yeah, it's whenever we like turn away from things that we don't like, that we're afraid of, that I, you know, whenever I turn away from things that I don't like, that I'm afraid of, that are challenging, um, that my life tends to 
be more difficult and I tend to suffer more. Mm. But whenever I sort of am able to uh, accept and allow the reality to be what it is and then decide to walk from that place that uh, with compassion, that, um, that things feel better, feel a little bit more harmonious, that there's a little bit more ease in my life. Not to say that there, there isn't, there aren't times when I'm, you know, angry, resentful, hateful, whatever, you know, that those moments still pop up. And I think that's probably the second realization is that that nothing really goes away. You know, Mm. it's, it's more that, uh, yeah, it's, it's more that, that my work with, with psychedelics and ayahuasca specifically is just increased the capacity for the room that I have of uh, emotions and feelings to look at them in a, in a, in a wider lens, you know, to have, have more room to breathe, like literally taking breaths. You know, when I talked about psychedelics before the, I, I said uh, altered states experiences because, you know, they could be, uh, dan- you know, dancing, it could be chanting, it could be meditation, it could be anything that gets you out of your sort of monkey mind, you know, so yeah. to have a little bit of a clearing, just maybe resting for a couple of days, laying down, taking some naps, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I think the, the, the space, the more and more I, I progress in, in with, with, um, myself in my life and I'm noticing that I just have more and more spaces is, is increasing between when I would see something feel something and want to react to it or say something that it, I just have more space now like I'm just mm-hmm. like okay cool like is this is this uh, I can I can I can look at it I can ex- inspect it I can come out and I can present myself in a way that's that's more uh, you know more more level-headed or more you know balanced you know yeah and that's a reactionary. Yeah, I like your point because, like, the big thing I like when you said compassion because the big thing you, I feel like when you get into these circles, and not to like get too nitty gritty within what happens in these circles, but to like kind of bring it back out a little bit because something you said before was you were doing psychedelics before you got into these more ayahuasca circles and in Peru and whatnot, and it's really interesting because we talk about belief structures and. For me, I had all these beliefs and judgments about people that do psychedelics as I was doing them, you know? And then you, like, get into the the circle and you're like, wait, there's all these professionals and lawyers and doctors. And you're like, wait a minute. What what is society feeding me in that area, right? And, and, And it's just you start having the realization, and I feel like you did too based on what you said, of of all these things that you are fed and that you just – kind of just take for granted as, oh, that that must be true because why would they lie to me? And, and then you realize well, they weren't lying to you. They were just as confused as you and trying to make sense of it. So they just fed you what they believed. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's more like you have to figure out what you believe. So I guess to pull this back again, because something I also realized within these spaces and circles that are kind of using it, I guess the best way to distinguish it is they're not using it as a party substance. They're using it as a growth substance mm-hmm. uh, and, and personal realization and actualization or whatever. But how... I like how you said, or whatever, at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a million, it, million ways to describe it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but the other realization I had is, is 
we don't want people going out and talking like Timothy Leary and being like, hey, let's put LSD in the water and everyone's just going to be fucking woke and stuff. No, <laughs> like not everyone should do this stuff. But how do we get people to question their beliefs without needing necessarily to rely on some sort of substance. And, and I know people do this for meditation, so not to make it purely about yeah. psychedelics, but I also don't expect to get a bunch of people to go and, and meditate the whole world to start. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. But right, right. <laughs> um, the point is, is like, how do you, because to me, when you get people to question their beliefs and why they do what they do and why they believe what they believe, because a lot of people have beliefs that lead to their suffering. I think mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's one thing you really realize when you start doing some introspection is like, okay, I had all these beliefs that weren't necessarily based in reality. I, I thought they were based in reality, but they weren't. And it caused this, all this suffering. And when you're able to analyze that and you zap yourself out of it, oh, oh man, I can get myself into like a present moment, present state that makes me feel better. How do we do that to, for people without needing necessarily some sort of substance or, or getting them to meditate for three hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that it has to, there has to be a point within an individual within an individual where there's so much suffering and, and so much tension and so much conflict that they're, they're willing to explore other methods and modalities you know, and, you know, one of the problems that I had with like the, the ideological libertarian camp was that, well, it's like this, well, can't you just see this just logically makes sense? Like, how could you, how could you oppose such facts and logic? It's like, well, because people don't think according to facts and logic, people mm -hmm. think according to feelings and emotions and, and from conditioned indoctrinated beliefs, ingrained trauma, where we're acting out patterns that we're unconscious of. We don't even realize it, you know? So the I think- people that say that are doing it too. <laughs> that they right. say they're doing right. the facts and logic, but you're not. None of us right. are. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So I think really, if you're trying to maybe be there for somebody uh, in a way that- is able to shine a new light on how they think and feel about things. I don't think the way is explaining things to them or telling them things. I think the way is uh, just listening to them and mm -hmm. asking them questions and really just, really just being there. And it's, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, like a woo woo spiritual term to say like <laughs> holding space, but I really do. And I can't think of a better term to say, you know, than, than holding space just sitting there and being with somebody. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I was feeling a certain way and I couldn't really figure it out. And then I just kind of unloaded on somebody and I was just like, oh man, like they didn't even do anything. They were just there. And I was like, oh, that was, you really helped me there. And they yeah. just, they didn't even do anything, you know? And, mm. but they did by just being another Present. version of yeah. me, looking at me from different eyes and seeing Oh yeah. And then maybe they can add something like I can relate to that. I've experienced that, you know? So yeah, it's, and it's not like this easy, you know, solution. And even people that get involved with, with psychedelics and believe that psychedelics are the answer and that, that, you know, that spiritual work is the answer and meditating is the answer. You know, it's like right. Ramdas. I love this quote by Ramdas. He's like, you know, you, you don't want to be a meditator. You want to be free. 
You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't want to be a yogi. You want to be free. You don't want to, you don't want to be the person that's continuously forcing yourself to do the work for the growth so you can get to the thing. It's like, you just want to be free. You just want to be liberated. You want to be able to approach every situation with as least, with least amount of conflict and suffering as possible. And so a lot of it, I just think is, yeah, back to Ramdas, you know, be here now, like be, being with people, listening to people. And then responding uh, with compassion, compassionate inquiry. I agree. That was a great way to put it. And I'm glad you brought up that point where about with Ram Das, because something I realize kind of in this space of people, it's there's a lot of people in the new age movement or the woo-woo movement, whatever it is, spirituality, they people are obsessed with enlightenment. And and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, like I think that it's a good thing to pursue, yada, yada. But it's I feel like there's some nuance there and what it means to pursue it because people, it's almost like they think it's all this endless pursuit. And, it, and, and it's almost like you get this, this very Western idea around it as though enlightenment is something to win. Like, oh, I, I got to this level. I need to keep going and going and going and going. And so, well, when does that stop? That, that drive to accomplish that end goal that's not enlightenment. <laughs> You're just yeah. trying to continuously go after something, go after something, go after something. So to to not like get off track there, my the main thing I wanted to bring up is to connect with your point of like, yes, like holding space for people, just listening. But something I've noticed, and I, I think I heard it in your recent episode. So maybe we can get into this because I really liked what you said because it's something I have felt as I was in this in this more woo-woo-y space because I like talking to people about that woo-woo stuff, but I also know my audience is very philosophical and, you know, what's meaning and all this stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit more real world, whatever, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I've always had a problem with, cause I hear this all the time is people that do psychedelics or meditate a lot. You know, people, people will, will get there when they're ready. And and I agree to that to an extent, but a lot of people take that to mean that you should just sit back and, and not and not say anything. You shouldn't make people question anything. You shouldn't make them question their beliefs or or be, or ask them questions even, or you know I would say even actively listen. Where yeah, you're listening, but you're you know you push back a little bit and be like, oh well, why do you believe this? Or, are you sure about that? And to me, when you take this more active approach, it's no, you're not letting the just sit back, let it happen. Because they they say you also get the language of the universe will bring them there when they're ready, and I've I've never and, may, and maybe this this will come to me some at some point in life I don't know but right now I I see that as no you're you're part of the universe if you feel compelled to actively help someone in some way that you think is right your intuition says that mm-hmm. you should do that. You shouldn't yeah. just sit back and let things happen. And, and there is nuanced ways of doing this, but I really had a problem with when people just want to say, let it happen. Because to, to, to like close this point and then send it over to you is I look at it from like a more broad approach of the society as a whole. If, if people in this space just sit back and, oh, society will come when it comes. It's like, if, if the universe makes you aware of certain things and you feel compelled to do something, that's, that's not sitting back. You feel the need to do something. And, I, and we can have discussions of the best ways to do that. 
But I want, I, I guess my question, <laughs> it's a long way to ask this question, but do you, have you felt or had similar realizations or I guess problems with that type of statement? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I'm, it, you know, I, yeah, I hear similar things and it's like, everything is perfect. Everything is unfolding as it is. And it's like, well, that's just a choice that you're choosing. That's just a particular delusion that you're trying, that you're, they're indulging in, you right. know, and that's, and that's serving you in, in a way in which your you know, your meaning making system is, is looking at the world. And, you know, if that's, if that's the way you want to think and feel fine, but I, I don't particularly agree with that. I think that we, we have agency. Why not use it? Right. I think mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, there, there's a, it's a form of spiritual bypassing, you know, it's like this, this way of, um, you know, deflecting and saying like, well, you know, everything will sort itself out if we just let it be. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe for you, but if you actually care, I mean, use the gifts that you've been given to, uh, probe and investigate and, and make some kind of actionable you know, change, uh, uh, if, if you, if you really do care, which is a very important question because a lot of people maybe think that, they, and I'm making an assumption now, but I'm, I'm assuming that maybe a lot of people think that they really do care, but really maybe they, and I, I think I can make this assumption cause I've fallen into this category too before where it's like, yeah, I really care, but I'm also deluding myself into thinking that I care because I'm just feeling good about the idea that I care and how I can best serve, you know, myself and just, you know, take care of, of my life. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that either. Right. Cause it's like, we're, right. we have to take care of ourselves. Like we, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise what's the point of being a self? Like we, you know, we, we are self-interested human beings are, and animals are, they need to make sure that they eat and have a place to sleep and, th- and those sorts of things. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 um, there's all kinds of, uh, of, of rabbit holes of, of thoughts and beliefs and, and ideas. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really aware of, we're trying to be aware of, uh, the ones that, that totalize everything into, uh, this is the way it is. All, all of creation is this way. All of reality is this way. Um, yeah kind of meandered off there but uh but yeah that's 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 sort of my thoughts about it yeah that's a good point i really liked your last point there of this is the way it is where that's that's the kind of the realization i had when people start talking that way of like oh the universe will bring them to the realization when when it's ready and yeah it's like what you said that that's their way of interpreting that that's their way of putting meaning around that intuition or feeling they had maybe it's not my feeling and my other big problem is too is because i I feel like you have this similar position i come from the position of i don't know what's true i know the truest thing for me is that i don't know (laughs) so if i start from that position and i don't necessarily know if the universe wants wants us to sit back and wait for for it to do its work or maybe the universe is telling us to take more active work in bringing people to certain realizations or whatever. So I guess the the main point is is I tell tell my audiences too. There's and especially in the spirituality movement, 
there's these gurus and, and, and this happens in the business world. And like we were talking about earlier, political leaders, it's like you get to the point where you realize that the people you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't be listening to. Maybe you listen to them to, for, for some insight of what not to do. <laughs> but yeah. the people you shouldn't be listening to are the ones that are saying, this is the way it is. This is the truth. This is mm-hmm. reality. That's mm-hmm. it. It happens in it's politics. An, Go yeah. ahead. Say. No, I was just saying it's it's interesting because that's what we want, though. You know. Oh we, yeah. We're no, as 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 like you know as we've as we've progressed you know as these uh you know creative tool making beings like as you know Ernest Becker says uh, you know we can contemplate and ponder the infinite yet we know that we're also bound to be you know, dirt, uh, you know, food for worms. Very, very dead. <laughs> yeah. Very, very dead. Just not here. And even who knows where, yeah. but not here. And so it's like, we, we know that, but it, so it's like, there's, there's some, we have the, the ability to create tools and systems and all these abstract things and convince people that this is the way and collaborate together to manifest these things and make these things. But ultimately, ultimately a lot of the times you know, we're because of that. We we want this efficiency. We want the the order of things. We want people to say like, "This is the way it is. This is this is what you should think. This is where you should go. This is what you should eat." So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not inherent in human beings, but it's certainly right. been a trend since the dawn of civilization or whatever. Um, that uh, that is where you look to leaders. We look for solutions. We look to answers. Uh, easy easy ones and. Um, you know, that maybe that if we had struck, if we structure our society a little bit differently, where we, we try and treat children as uh, full, independent, autonomous beings that, that, you know, we don't shove them into compulsory education, yeah. prison camps and brainwash them and, and make them dependent until they're in their thirties or even later. Sometimes it's like, you know, let's, let's empower people to be a little bit, have a little bit more self-reliance. And then maybe we'll start to see people thinking a little bit more on their own and, and starting and stop trying to look for answers from leaders. So yeah, just, right. I, I don't know. That's, that, that was what, what came to mind when you were. When yeah, you were no, that's, no, that's a great way, to, great way to say it because I, I agree where maybe, <laughs> maybe this is the calling I feel the need to do. And, and cause I, I use the similar language of, yeah, I agree. It's a human instinct to try to make sense of what the hell is going on. Yeah. But my thing is, no, embrace that you don't know what the hell is going on. If you want any chance of understanding anything, you have to admit you don't know what's going on. Like, if you don't start from that playing field, you're just making a bunch of assumptions about what, what's going on to make yourself feel better. And when you just start doing stuff just to make yourself feel better, then it, it creates the, that kind of dogmatic system where you could just justify things to protect that little that little box you've created where you Mm -hmm. you, you stop looking outside the box so yeah i I agree it's almost like maybe we (laughs) maybe it's a way to try and convince people that you do you you don't need to constantly be in this like state of peace because that's another thing to maybe apply about the whole like pursuit of enlightenment People yeah. think it's like this joy ride to like feeling good all the time. But that's not necessarily right. the case. It's no, it's it's not like you are constantly shifting back and forth between this state of peace and state of chaos of like what what the fuck is going on? And it's like that's good though. It's it's a it's a way to have a more 
constant state of what you're looking for. Not saying yeah. that's peace or whatever that is. It's just a more con- constant state of you feeling comfortable. I don't even know don't if you think it's the right word I want, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, don't you think it's kind of difficult to to figure out what you think is going on, especially in, yeah. in today's modern sure. age when it just seems like the demands on on individuals to mm-hmm. to produce uh, a, a life for themselves that can that they can enjoy. It, it just seems like the the demands and the pace and uh, the amount of time or lack of time that we have to actually like investigate what the hell's going on. You know, it used to be that you would. I guess there, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go, but let's just go back to like, I don't know, the fifties or whatever you turn on the television. TV was a new medium. Then there was like a couple of reporters are like, Hey, here's what's going on. And you're like, all right, cool. Like everybody was sort of in a, in one, uh, in an agreement of like, well, this is the world and this is the way it is. Now it just seems like there's so many points of, of views and it's so fractured. So the reality has become fractured in, in so many different ways yeah. that you could be so convinced that, you know, that the earth is flat and there's reptiles that live in the center of the earth and, or, you know, they, they live on the moon. And I guess they can't live in the center of the earth if it's flat. But, but you know, whatever you're <laughs> believing, I don't know, you know, there's just so many reality tunnels out there. And uh, in one way, it's kind of cool because it's like, wow, there's so many. It's like novel and diverse and interesting in a way. But in, also in a way, it's like, where the hell can you find any meaning of what the hell's going on? And if you really cared to find the nuance and things and didn't want to just listen to either Fox News or CNN or just see what your friends are posting on, online, um, it takes some work. Like, don't, don't yeah. you find that it takes some work to, to investigate? Absolutely. It's like it's, a lot of time. It's, it's <laughs> a lot a- of people don't have. It's a fuck ton of time uh, and it's never ending time. And it feels like the more you start thinking your understanding and I put it in quotation marks for people that are just listening because you start thinking your understanding and then you just realize, wait, I'm way more confused than I was before. <laughs> and, right. and it's like that continuous cycle of that. But, you know, at least like I said, I, I can only go from my personal experience. I can't tell what listeners to think or what people, whoever hears this or people I talk to. Something that I've found comfort in, in my personal path, I guess you could say, is I love that the truth isn't handed to us. I love that we don't know any anything. We don't know anything for sure. I love that because if you were born and you're just handed on a platter, this is the way the world works. This is what morality is. This is what you should believe in. This is how you're going to find meaning in life. In my humble opinion, based on <laughs> like to bring this back to like going down the libertarian path, I think that was like kind of my rebellious side of me. If I was handed that, I'd be like, "Fuck that! I don't want. I don't want to do that. I don't want to just follow what I was given." No, mm. you you want, and, and maybe this proves my bias of. Maybe there is some truth we can find in the world, and I'm biased because I don't want to find it. But mm. I think I do want to find it, and what I've found is that we don't know. And for me, that feels good because once you realize you don't know and you will never know, you start getting to place your bets wherever the hell you want. And mm. that's I think that's maybe that's where the nuance is. It's because you know a, a conservative, some side on the conservative side that want to talk about morality and meaning and all that, they'll take what I just said and they'll say, oh, so you think everything's subjective? It's like, 
To an extent, yes. But that doesn't mean you can't make nuanced distinctions of like trying to convince people or show people that, hey, this is why you probably shouldn't believe the earth is flat. <laughs> there's, right. there's all this other stuff that indicates it's likely that it's not flat. So maybe you should not believe that, right? And, and it's making those nuanced distinctions of, no, I'm, I, I want people to be humbled at the fact that you don't know anything, but there is ways that you can place your bets and feel comfortable placing certain bets, knowing at the foundational level, you still don't fucking know, but up here, you can you can make these little bets because it's fun to do that, and it's fun to make those bets and then take those bets away. Like that's that's the, the beauty of it. Because once you say that, no, no, what I have here is true. I know this is true. And like religion does this for people all the time. You start placing all of your bets into that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's like when you start at the foundation of, no, I will never know, you start getting to like play around with it a little, play around with what's going on in the world, play around with meaning, play around with purpose, play around with stuff science discovers and, and just just have a constant state of being curious. And when you start at that point, all of a sudden you you have this this vast landscape of little things you can place your bets on instead of trying to place it all in one category just so you can feel a little better about being right. But really, that feeling of being right is complete bullshit. So it's like, do you want to live in complete bullshit or do you want to live in complete curiosity? I think that's like the the million-dollar question people have to answer for themselves. And I want to convince yeah. people to try to <laughs> answer that for themselves. And like I said, I even fully admit that even that question might not be the question. <laughs> but that's the that's like that's where the humor comes in you know that's where it's like yeah isn't it all absurd to a certain degree like what do we think we're gonna figure everything out like is that is that what we think as like a human species like we're gonna we're just we're on this like linear path of progression that we're gonna understand everything i mean Mm -hmm. i you know i i highly doubt it i think it's kind of comical and i think that being uh being open and being curious and playing and having fun with things you know is great and then you know sometimes you know don't like to me it's like i don't always want to be like the agnostic curiosity guy sometimes (laughs) i want it sometimes i'll take a stand on something sometimes i'll i'll be i'll lean in and i'll be like i'm a little bit more certain about this and then some you know sometimes i'll be like well i don't know and i think that that the perception of others uh to categorize uh, and label people is, uh, you know, it, it is, I guess, just something that we naturally do, but it misses a lot of, um, it misses a lot of the, the, the joy of, of exploring, you know, mm-hmm. of, of exploring the world and exploring and inhabiting different ideas and, and philosophies. Yeah, I agree. And I think to like kind of add to your point a little bit, a lot of people go into conversations and they want to pin you down. You know, mm. you, you start acting like you're a little bit certain in a certain area or like a belief structure, what, whether it's politics or some sort of theory of physics, whatever it is, they want to be like, oh, so you're, you're X or you're Y. Oh, so you disagree with me here, here, and here. It's like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> like, don't just immediately try to label something when you get a few lines of beliefs. Right. That's like my one of my big problems, too, is is facing that issue of the minute you start 
trying to like you kind of like you said i do the same thing certain subjects i'm more willing to put my opinion out there and have a stronger opinion and be a little less appearing a little less skeptical but when you do that people immediately want to label you as something and that's why Mm -hmm. on my show i've avoided the topic of politics quite a bit because i just know unfortunately and, and i don't want to do that forever but it's i realize that although i feel like you probably attract this type of audience too i attract this audience i attract a curious audience yet i know that when it comes to politics you can be as genuine as you want people love to just insert stuff in there i'll insert all sorts of beliefs around you and, and assumptions about you and it and it all of a sudden starts affecting everything else. And that's mm-hmm. like maybe my biggest issue of of coming across with strong opinions is because people want to label you as stuff and then insert all this stuff into you so then they create this new you that doesn't resemble anything you you think is you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a nuanced game there of the best way to do that and the best way to be genuine to yourself while also being able to have conversations from a balanced playing field. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think that everybody's so wound up, you know, nowadays. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in other days, but I, you know, I, I, I think I can't help but think that, uh, that a lot of the, the, the culture and a lot of the, the values, the things that we value, the things that we, uh, prioritize the things mm-hmm. that we, where we like, where we spend our time or attention or money, you know, it, it really shows like what we, what we care about. And, you know, we, unfortunately it's like most people don't care about the, uh, well, I shouldn't say most, but maybe a lot of people don't care about the kinds of ways in which you, you and I sort of go about looking at the world and, and people like us is, uh, you know, which is why it's, it's not in the, mainstream you know which is why mm-hmm. you know you have uh the most uh, popular people are the one the you know 54 million people follow a 16 year old girl that dances on on tiktok you know and it's like <laughs> i mean that's yeah. just that's what we care about like that's that's what like the the majority of people care about and i don't know sometimes it's like sometimes i think well how could you blame them i don't know you know they're they're just like probably worn out because they're working and they're you're sacrificing their life to ideas that they don't necessarily believe in just so they can make money because they have to conform to the system, which tells them that that's the, that if you play according to the dominant, um, you know, sort of rule that, uh, that you'll be rewarded in such. So it's like, Oh man, I don't even know, you know? So then I kind of think of, of more of like this, um, not necessarily, I think it's, the term is cosmic pessimism. I might be wrong about that, but I, I, I watched a video about it and J and J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of Lord of the Rings thought that it's just like the world just gets, just gets, keeps getting worse until it reaches a breaking point and then everything collapses and then it starts again. All right. It either, it either comes to be saved in some kind of miraculous way or right. it like totally implodes and like wipes the slate clean and then starts over again. So it's an interesting, you know, may, yeah, I've definitely heard may, something like that, but yeah, that's an interesting way to say it. Yeah. Maybe that's just the, maybe it's just like, we're just, this is the way it is. And you know, the best that we could do is tend to the part of the garden that we can touch and, you know, make the little changes that we can with the influence that we have. 
And the, you know, like Joseph Campbell said, the world is a wasteland. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's a, a total wasteland. The, the meaning that we make is, is just that it's, it's what we put into it. You know, it's the right. stories that we tell, it's the values that we espouse, it's how we live, it's the actions that we take. And that's another thing too, is like, you know, in terms of changing people's minds or, you know, um, things like that is a lot of it is like just being something like mm-hmm. w- walking the walk and, and taking action, you know, it's just like, it's just sometimes that's even more powerful than talking or writing or anything like that. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. And you made me think of where I agree. It's, I don't blame people for, you know, they, they don't get into political issues, philosophical issues. They don't try to understand meaning or whatever. I don't, I don't judge people for that because there's so many inputs going on in society. It's like, it's overwhelming. You have to put food on the table. Maybe you have kids that you have to provide for. You have a mortgage, you have student loan payments. Um, you live in an area that's shitty, whatever it is. It's, 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 it's hard to get out of that. So you look for those easy things that zap you out of the loop that you're in, the loop that is suffering, but it's hard to like, realize how much it's making you suffering and how to change that. So you do, you kind of have to go for those escapes that are easy. And I recently read uh, Christopher Ryan. Is it Christopher Ryan? Christopher Ryan's book, Civilized to Death. Yeah. And and like, I don't like, I think his main point isn't that we need to turn society into like this, go back thousands of years. But I think that the interesting point is it's pointing out how, simplified things where you didn't have all these inputs. The inputs you had were, I need to survive. I need to put food on the table. I have 20 people in my tribe. I need to provide for them. How do I do that? There, the, the playing field of life is basically laid out for you. Your hedonic treadmill is basically set for you. If you provide food, you get to have a good ass time. <laughs> if you have a yeah. little bit of shelter, you're going to feel pretty good because that's all you know. Right. But now we, what we know is way beyond that because we have all these other inputs coming in. We have Instagram models. We have people that show their whole life is just a giant vacation. Um, right. You know, big big houses and, and celebrities and, and clout and followers, all yeah. these inputs. And you're like, well, fuck, my life isn't like that. This sucks. So you have this, right. this, this perspective of seeing something else outside of, of your loop outside of your loop of life, your loop of reality, you see every, you see this reality that you perceive to be better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's why I look to, you know, we talk about leaders. We tend to only think of leaders in the political realm. It's like, that's garbage, mm-hmm. you know, like think of uh, the leaders that True. I think of are people like Christopher Ryan, authors like Charles Eisenstein, you know, thinkers like Daniel Schmachtenberger, Douglas Rushkoff, like, uh, you know, other people, uh, Eric Davis, um, you know, dead ones, Joseph Campbell, I look to, you know, mythology and, and Same, yeah. Carl Jung and, 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 you know, th- it's like, they're offering a, a different perspective and it's like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe, and what, what Chris Ryan's like main, you know, thesis of, of the, of the book is, is like, wh- what do we, how do we met, like, what, what do we determine progress is? And then how do we measure that 
and and consider that to be progress. And and his I think the subtitle is the price of progress. So what we've labeled as mm-hmm. progress, you know, what is the real cost of that to our lives as human beings? Not as like GDP and capital and growth and you know, look at what we did. You know, we went to the moon and we did all these things. And it's like I don't know. I mean, like okay, I guess that's kind of cool, but. What is what's actually how how are people's lives on a day to day basis actually better? You know, maybe right. maybe they are, maybe they're not. And so I think he's just asking that question. And and uh, other authors that I like ask similar questions. And I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that, in that too. You know, I I feel oftentimes a conflict within myself of like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm being lazy. I'm not doing enough. You know, but then again, it's like, uh, what's that quote? Is like time 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 well spent while wasted wasn't wasted time. And it's like, you know, that is, I think, I think that that's the the currency that we all have is time. And it's the most important one. It's like, we're never getting it back. So Mm -hmm. in my view, it's like, how can we live a life? How can we all live lives where we feel like we're spent, we're using our time the, in the best way that we're actually showing up in the world authentically as who we are. You know, we have to put all these, a lot of people put, have to put roles on and masks on and play characters. They have to go into work and they have to, you know, hey, Bob, oh, yeah, how did you see the game? Like, oh, yeah, you can't really talk about anything. Oh, no, no religion or politics, please. You know, it's like, why? Those are the most interesting things to talk about. Like, what do you, yeah. what do we do? What are we doing here? You know, so it's like this limited, narrow view of what we determine the, the uh, you know, progress and growth to be and, and where we're going and for what, you know, what we're building these cities and we're building, you know, all this stuff is like, who are we working for? What are we doing? Like are, are, are people and a lot of, and, and unfortunately a lot of people don't really know what, who they really are and what they really believe. And, you know, so they just do what they're told. And it's like, well, the only form of leisure and entertainment that I have is to go watch the game and get drunk on the weekends. That seems to be a way of, you know, that I, that I can show that I'm like, you know, that I can, you know, relieve myself of the tension and stress of working all week. So yeah, I think that it's, it's, you know, questioning, this is where I get into the most, uh, this is where I became exhausted also being a libertarian so much. And, and, you know, the, the limitations that I provide is like, I become exhausted in, in, in constantly trying to pull people out of the, the, the dualistic paradigm of saying like, Hey, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, but we're still playing within this, you know, uh, this playpen of of limitations and allowable thought, opinion, and approval in this little tiny sandbox over here. Why don't we just step out of that and look at not, you know, look at the whole thing? Realize that it's just a limited slice or a box, and it's very difficult for people uh, to 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 do that. It's, I mean, I. I even hate saying it's difficult for people to do that because oftentimes, you know, I'm included in that as well. You know, it's like, Same. oh wow, I'm I'm thinking this yeah. way, and you know, so it's it's just, um, yeah, it's it, 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 yeah, I think that um, that really ex- exploring that the notion of like what it means to be, why are we here, why are we alive, what it, what is this for, what do we, how, how what what's worth sacrificing our, our time, the, the most precious resource that we have for and what's not. And, you know, and trying to live based according to those, those values, you know, I, I yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you worded that. And I, and to like go back to quickly to your earlier point about this idea of progress. I, I feel like I probably say this like every other episode, but 
the idea of progress is a belief. It's a belief that we created. It's not necessarily based in reality. You know, it, it's we're just evolving. We're just moving. Mm. We're just flowing. We're not we're not moving towards any sort of end goal. And when I hear the word like progress, like as a society, we're progressing. I immediately connect it to the idea around enlightenment, where people think, you know, I can get to a higher end state. I can get to a higher end state. They're they're chasing this imaginary end state when the end state doesn't necessarily exist. Same with societal level. The end state doesn't necessarily exist. You're imagining something fitting you, you, the box you've created. You're imagining there's a start and there's an end. And I do think maybe it's partially because that's just how humans think, but it's also like, how do you become aware of that? Because I agree with you. It's it's not about progressing. Like, yeah, cool. We went to the moon. We went to space. Um <laughs> But how is that helping people's yeah. lives? <laughs> right. We went to the moon, we went to space, but people are burning down American yeah. cities and the president's talking about, you know, like putting military into there's all this craziness happening here. So it's exactly. like, and, you know, and that's not to discount that kind oh, of activity, right, right. you know, because it's like, you know, I've, I've heard Neil deGrasse Tyson make a point of like, you know, go, what does going to the moon do? What does the space program do? Well, it gives hope, you know, it make it, it makes people feel inspired, you know, that kind of thing. So I, uh, there's some kind of merit to it, right. but you know, like, right, like is it's, it's, I'm trying not to get into any realm of like totalizing or generalizing or encompassing all in one area. Same, and one thing. And yeah. So it's like, let's just, let's just explore like how we could better, you know, how we could do things that is in a more balanced, a reasonable approach, you know, uh, which, which is like, I don't know how to, people have been trying to explore these things from <laughs> for so long, you know, it's like, you look back at like, you know, philosophers of, of the old, you know, like Kierkegaard and Schopenhauer and, uh, you know, Nietzsche and, and just, you know, people have been asking these questions and even further back and, you know, Socrates and, and Plato and, and, mm-hmm. and, and Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius and these people, but these are the, these are the, the, the perennial questions, like the all time, you know, questions. And we, we still, we don't have a, a lot figured out. And I think that we think we do because of our technological output, because of our material, yeah. uh, externalized, uh, symbolic examples that we could say, look, look, see, look at this progress. Yet, you know, th- some white police officer put his knee on a black guy on, on footage and, and killed him because he was probably a racist piece of shit and not probably, definitely. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's like, where's the progress? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's it's all like how which way you you view it, and and going back to also like space exploration, I made fun of like you know yeah it's cool we went to the moon but like what is that doing for us? You're right, like we kind of said way early in the conversation, it's not this is correct this is wrong it's there's a mix of both yeah. constantly going on because yeah I do I I I think space is super interesting the cosmos is super interesting and there's lots to explore there and I want us to explore there. But it's also about how is it affecting people in everyday life? <laughs> it gets back to that big, giant equation of that. And, yeah, it's it's trying to make sense of that. And it, it's, <laughs> it's a constant cycle. Uh, but maybe my, my biggest thing to closing topic, I guess you could say, of, of trying to Get people to the point where you don't enter a conversation and immediately 
get defensive because I, I like what you said earlier, and I kind of wanted to like get into this is is when you go to a family gathering, when you go out with friends, whatever it is, yeah, it, you know, some want to just go to the ball game and drink their their brains out. I get it, an escape, but it's like when you do that act, you're escaping from something. Why do you feel the need to escape? So like maybe my big thing is all I want people to do just a couple times is be like, why do I feel that urge? Why do I feel that is my only way to escape? Because to me, that's dangerous. <laughs> it's like if that's your only way to escape, it's like, A, what are you escaping from? And B, why, is, why do you feel the, th- think that's the only way? There's there's yeah. something there that's not being evaluated because you're trying to go go somewhere else when you can just be here and make life in general the escape. You can just live it. <laughs> so right, yeah, it, and yeah, it, and it, and bring it back up to like you know when when we say oh we can't talk about politics and religion. I also say yeah bullshit because one it's interesting. Two, there's so many questions around it and so many beliefs around it and, and interesting perspectives and it and it gets into society as a whole, all this stuff. And maybe that is a way to show people like, hey, there's so much nuance. There's so much gray area. The, the world is kind of gray. There is a lots of unknown. And to me, like when people start realizing that thing, that thing of, I don't know. All of a sudden, they realize, like, hey, I'm doing this to escape from the fact that I actually don't know. I want to feel like I know what I'm doing, but really, it's the fact that I don't know. So I feel the need because of the fact, deep, deep, deep down, subconsciously maybe, mm-hmm. I actually don't know. But I'm going to deny mm-hmm. that and say that I know. So now the fact that I don't want those subconscious thoughts to come creeping up and, and come at me and attack me, it's kind of like, kind of like Young's um, shadow idea. Of like those, right. those, those, those they come creeping. Thinking exactly of yeah. that. Yeah. They come creeping up. Those thoughts come creeping. So, oh shit. When, when they start creeping up, I don't want to be alone on the weekend. So I got to go and, and, and escape. The only way I can go. So they go and escape. But really, what it comes down to is maybe if you just, just feel those things, feel those thoughts, you can evaluate them and you no longer have to escape. You can right. all, like start embracing and become vulnerable with your fellow yeah. human to the fact that. Deep down, we all have that. This is where I'm making an assumption about life. Deep down, I think we all have that kind of nihilistic almost tendency where we kind of know we don't know what's going on, but we're all trying to make sense of it. Some of us are trying to be a little bit more assertive about making that sense, and it becomes a little bit destructive. But there's a lot of people out there looking to be opened up to, and you just have to be vulnerable with them, and they enter into that space with you of I don't know. And it's almost like you can choose to you can you can choose the group that you're going to deny that you don't know. You can choose which group you think best denies it basically. Or it's like you can choose the squad that is holding hands in the fact that they don't know. It's really humbling and really kind of fucked up sometimes, but at least you're holding hands doing it instead of being in this group that has their guns up ready to shoot the other team because God forbid they have a different opinion than me. So it's like, do you choose yeah. to hold hands with people or do you choose to try to shoot the guy that says your opinion is wrong? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe that's yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's like whenever, whenever I feel myself getting emotional, reactionary, you know, upset, yeah. angry. Nine times out of ten, I'm able to kind of slow down a little bit and realize hmm. that maybe there's something within me that needs a look in. Hmm. You know, maybe there's something inside of me, like uh, you know, you brought up. Uh, Carl Jung and and he talks about the making the unconscious conscious. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, if we if we don't integrate that that part, then Great it point. will dictate mm-hmm. our our lives. And usually, when we feel triggered and we feel emotional and we are reactionary about things, that it's something within ourselves. You know, a lot of the times when when people are like, I you know, I think these people are this way, or I don't like this. You're arguing with your your partner, or your spouse, or whoever, or a friend. It's you. There's usually some kernel inside of you that sees something in them that you're not, that you haven't acknowledged in yourself yet, that you're unwilling to look at, that you've True. buried deep, you know, you know, uh, inside. And so, I, I think you know, it sounds maybe like, maybe it's like cliche or boring to say, but it it really does start from the in, in the individual within ourselves. Everything that we that we do in the world comes from inside of a, a, a person, you know, is it, uh, you have an idea, you have a thought, you have feelings, you have opinions, you have beliefs, and then you put them out, you know, and, and, and then maybe you collaborate with other people and, and then you create larger things. Uh, so if those, if you, if you are not like situated and, and, and proper in a, in a way of really investigating the truth of your being, your fears, mm-hmm. your shame, your guilt, your emotions, your, you know, all of that stuff, then the things that you put out are going to be tainted with the, with that, or they're going to be augmented because of that. So, you know, yeah, I think it's just at, at a deeper individual level is, uh, is, is, is finding out what's going on inside of, inside of you. And, and really, you know, it gets back to that creating that space and having time to create that space, you know, and, 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 and being alone and not distracting and, you know, having a little bit of balance to be like, oh yeah, I was kind of being a dick there. I didn't really, oh, I didn't really realize that, you know, I was yelling at this person because they're doing something that, that, uh, that I know that I could do and I'm jealous and I'm, and I'm yelling at them for it. It's like, well, man, you know, I think that we're, we're, we're emotional beings for a reason. Otherwise we would just be, you know, these like pure, like, you know, like Spock, uh, whatever planet the Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was from, but everything is like rational and logical and there's no emotions or feelings. And it's like, yeah. And then being vulnerable, like being vulnerable, admitting like, holy shit, I was wrong about that. I didn't know, you know, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open to. I just had someone uh, made a comment on my most recent podcast saying something about how I'm ignorant or whatever. And I was like, yeah, please, please tell me. Like, I want to know, I want to know what you think. Like, don't, you know, like, right. please elaborate on that. Thank you for the feedback. Like, I really actually appreciate that i want to know where you think i'm wrong or where i'm being emotional or if i'm you know think i'm and he laid out like a whole thing and i got to read it but but i'm i'm interested in that because i want to know i don't want to just say this is what i think and that's it and you know oh you think i'm being ignorant well fuck you you know or whatever you're you're an ass you're an asshole it's like then then that then we just get nowhere you know Mm -hmm. that's so yeah it's yeah it's a it's a great way. And, and it's something, you know, it's, it's a constant thing to work on. Even when you have the realization that you need to be more open, basically, it's still a constant battle to stop yourself from closing up. I face it too 
every day, <laughs> especially when, when you're in a space where you're putting your opinion out there about ideas and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the natural order of things. Yeah. Com- oh, expanding true. and contracting, you know, we, we continuously forget and then we are, and then we yeah. remember sometimes other people help us remember. Sometimes we remember ourselves. Sometimes we help other people remember, uh, you know, ca- chaos and order, creation, destruction, the natural cycle of, of life, of death and rebirth or birth and death and, and whatever comes after or whatever, you know, it's like, that's sort of the, the expanding and contracting the ebb and flow, the wobbly wiggly, as Alan Watts says, the, the prickly goo and the gooey prickles. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. all there. It's, it's just, it's sort of that natural thing. So maybe we could kind of, you know, maybe orienting ourselves in a, in a manner that surfs and flows with that rather than like fights mm-hmm. against it. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good point. You gave me a thought of it's when you, when you enter the space, let's say of, of, psychedelics meditation or i think people like because young was you know he he says there might be reports of him taking psychedelics but he was one that he basically just figured it out in his in his head he didn't like he did some yoga and stuff like that but he kind of just figured it out so like you can do that but it's like the realization of where we talked about a little bit earlier where conservatives and even i think people on the left do this too where they try to Facts and logic, facts and logic, and, and and they deny that very emotional aspect that's always within us, with always acting within us and, and controlling us in some way. Same with the reason side of our brain; it's it's like this mixture. They try to separate the two, but you don't you don't separate it. So it's like when you become more open and willing to become more vulnerable. It's not like your your emotions go away in a way. It's not like you have this mastery of like controlling your emotions all of a sudden. It's more of like I had this realization of people, you still have shitty days when you start becoming more aware of what's affecting your emotions. You still have bad days. You still have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. It's more of like you just become more aware of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like you, you, it, it, and it's, how do I connect this? It's almost like you, you're kind of more aware of your ego in a sense, because that's the other big assumption I have a little bit of, or I definitely have a problem with is people presume when, when someone says, Oh, like I had an ego death that it means your ego's ego's gone. No, it's not <laughs> like maybe in that moment it was gone for a little bit, but it it gets built back up. Cause if you don't have an ego, you don't survive. You don't, you don't do life. You don't do anything in life. You just, you just feel. <laughs> so yeah. it's like how it's, it's almost like helping people, showing compassion, being vulnerable, because you realize that your ego isn't this thing set in stone. Your beliefs, and, and when I say ego, it's extending to beliefs and your concept of reality your ego isn't set in stone. It doesn't need to stay stationary. Like people, if you ask even like the average person that hasn't thought anything about this stuff, I think they'll say that, yeah, I've changed in the past few years. That, that's your ego moving and flowing in some way. And you realize that is like, you can just customize it to what you want. You create it. It's all just creation. So it's like, how do you want to create the ego that makes you a feel the most comfortable in reality makes maybe the most sense of reality and just 
feels like you're you're spending your time, the limited time you have, the way you want. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a big yeah. Equation, it's, it's the it's the fight within that we project without, you know, yep. or to the outside. Like it's it, it's a, again back to that kind of like that the team mentality and the you know and and it feels good to also like be like I'm being victimized by this other group and they're making my like, but you know in my in my years of experience, like I, I've, I've come to realize that oftentimes when I find myself really like suffering, you know, usually it's because, because of how I'm looking at the world and the actions that I'm taking and the things that I'm doing or not doing and how mm -hmm. I'm reacting. And, you know, I'm getting into fights with people and arguments with people and, you know, conflicts and breakups and this thing and that thing. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe it's because of me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like maybe, Maybe it's, maybe it's my, maybe I have to look at myself, you know, right. and that seems to be, that seems to be a scary thing for a lot of people, which is why uh, in psychedelics, people talk about bad trips or challenging experiences. You know, that is oftentimes because you're confronted with such a, a deep, harsh truth that that's like, you don't want to look at, like, you don't want to see. It's like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I don't want to know that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel that way. You know, and uh, and that denying, that resisting, you know, that's just like then we just find ourselves in the repetitive nature and the cycle of 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 uh, suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. But I think this is a good, somewhat of a stopping point for today. Yeah. So so give give the audience your place to find you and give all your details. <laughs> You can you can only find me by going within. No, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Mikeadelic podcast. It's everywhere podcasts are found: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, other places. And uh, my Instagram is Mikeadelic underscore podcast. I, I post a lot on there. Facebook, Mikeadelic, Mike Brancatelli. Website, MikeBrank B R A N C dot com. And those and, links uh, will be below. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, cool. man. Yeah. It was a pleasure chatting with you. You as well. Thank you for coming on.